Hello, and welcome to another episode of Watch Better Movies. Uh, this is episode four, and today we're going to talk about a very obscure uh, film no one's ever heard of, um, not popular at all. I think it's called, uh, gosh, what was it called? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Hmm, hey, you, you, as much fun as you want to make fun of it, there's <laughs> someone in this room that has not seen it before. So case in point on why we have the need to cover such exquisite films like this one. Okay, um, as a self-professed cinephile, I recognize the blasphemy of claiming to be a movie buff, and I have never seen Monty Python. I almost got kicked out of this podcast when that was made known. I'll also, to be clear, I've been still, I still have not seen Saving Private Ryan. We'll fix that. But yeah, so let's just jump right in. I mean, first things first. Uh, now that we've you know publicly defamed one of us, we should tell y'all who we are. I'm Colin. Matthew here. I'm Ben. Yeah, and we're excited. Thank y'all for joining us for another episode of Watch Better Movies. Uh, but we're just going to jump right in. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that we're going to start doing is giving you just a brief overview. So whether you've seen the movie like 95% of the world or you have not, like 5% of the world. Uh, 5%. You can know what is going on with what we're talking about. And so Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a, a very a comedic uh, movie that was uh, had a lot of success in the United States, um, more than maybe some people even thought it would as it was coming out. But uh, here you go, the storyline. A history is turned on its comic head when, in 10th century England, King Arthur travels the countryside to find knights who will join him at the round table in Camelot. Okay, normal. I mean, we all know king arthur it's nothing crazy yet uh gathering up the men is a tale in itself but after a bit of a party at camelot many decide to leave only to be stopped by god who sends them on a quest to find the holy grail after a series of individual adventures the knights are reunited but must face a wizard named tim the enchanter killer (laughs) rabbits and listens and lessons in the use of holy hand grenades their quest comes to an end however when the police intervene just what you would expect in a monty python movie and so, I don't know, Ben might be able to describe this best. Why don't you just describe what Monty Python is, just in the broadest sense? Like That is really difficult to do because it is many things. <laughs> um, I love that it's constantly aware of itself. It's constantly poking jabs at the fact that it is a movie. Uh, like, if you read the credits in the beginning, it's... <laughs> Isn't the proper term for that meta? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very, yeah, it is very meta. There's a lot of meta commentary, not just on the fact that it's a movie, but also... Uh, pokes fun at uh, pokes fun at like everything, just basic logic. Uh, it pokes fun at religion a little bit. It pokes fun at um, just midi the absurdity that was medieval times and like what people believed in. You know, like with the witches and yeah. And so before <laughs> we, <laughs> so before Ben or I say anything else, I don't. I don't even want. I, I want to hear Matthew's raw reaction to this yeah, movie so without any prodding of topics. So Matthew. Were you enlightened? This is weird that we're doing this movie, by the way. (laughs) My initial reaction. For the first 30 minutes, I was far from in love. For the first 30 minutes, I was not sure if I was going to be the most hated person on this podcast or maybe the world. Uh, I was not feeling it at first. Uh, Maybe I'm just not accustomed to Monty Python humor. I felt like I had a little bit of a slow start. So I was going to be a big critic uh, at the beginning. Um, once it got to the scenes to where the knights got sent out, I found myself laughing and I didn't stop laughing. 
but I felt really ashamed of myself and that something was wrong with me as a human that I didn't <laughs> like, I felt like I, I didn't want to tell the truth to you guys. I didn't want to tell you that like the first 30 minutes, I just genuinely didn't laugh a lot. Like Colin texted me the other night. He's like, man, this opening scene, you know, from the opening scene and I'm like watching the opening scene and I'm not laughing. Honestly. Well, you're not human. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, yeah, we, we welcome your. It doesn't get it doesn't get really funny till later. I'll agree to that. It once it starts, once it's really picked up for me though, I found myself just in a place of splendor and joy of laughing. Um, but I I don't know that, and maybe maybe I'm, maybe this is the critic in me. I can't give it the perfect status that everybody gets it just from the start. But maybe that's just intentional, and I'm missing the artistry here. But but yeah, so. <clears throat> You didn't you didn't like the the credits at the the beginning that you thought that those weren't very funny. I didn't know what the heck was happening. That's the point. I was like, I literally, I literally thought my Netflix was broken. <laughs> like, I didn't know this was a joke. Like, I was ticked off to that. Like, I was literally checking my Netflix to see if I my kids had switched the subtitles to another language. <laughs> like, I. I, it took me a while to realize that this was intentional, and then at that point, I was just irritated. Like, I didn't know what was happening. I guess I should have laughed. I was more confused. Okay, I, so maybe a second viewing will help me. I, I love I love those those rapid reactions and responses uh, to your emotions. Uh, I'd love to hear now that you know that's out of the way. So I think we should go through break down some of our favorite scenes and two to so one I want to hear Ben's overarching thoughts on this movie, but two I do want this to be more than just like oh this is a random movie that Colin picked. Like what this movie was a tremendous success. And there's a lot of things about it. It's like, it shouldn't be. <laughs> and so I want to talk about why, for like, so first I just want to hear Ben's overall thoughts on the movies. But then like, I do want us to even break down this movie from a, a critic standpoint. Like, w- why did this dumb movie succeed so much? And so maybe after we hear Ben's thoughts. Like, why can, is it a cult classic? Yeah, exactly. But Ben, first, just your broad strokes thoughts on the movie. Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't. I don't think we do need to do a synopsis because you know just about everybody has seen it. Mm. Um, we don't need to explain. It. Plus, that would just be so weird because <laughs> the movie is kind of all over the place in terms of plot. Oh, I'd feel crazy <laughs> trying to describe the plot. I mean, yeah. you know, knights, flying Trojan bunnies, this guy killer bunnies. Here, this guy's here. It's <laughs> it's surprisingly, it sounds like it should be hard to track, but it's actually not that hard to track. Well, I mean, the story and, is fairly simple. King Arthur is on a mission to find the Holy Grail. Sure. The yeah, that core plot, but it's in terms of scenes being connected and transitioning between oh, one no, another, it's no. all over the place. No, because <laughs> random people from modern times are being treated <laughs> by local police officers. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I have a lot to say on that actually. All right, Ben, just your overall thoughts though. I know you you resist this movie, resisted doing this movie. Why don't you talk about that for a second? Well, I only resisted not because I don't like it. I love this movie because who doesn't? <laughs> um, but the only reason I resisted was because it's a movie that, you know, in this podcast, we like to um, shine light on movies that we think deserve mm-hmm. more love. This movie definitely ha- gets the love that it deserves. Um, and we should, yeah, if you want, we could do some more obscure Monty Python movies. Ooh, nah, I like that. When you say Monty Python, everybody always thinks of Holy Grail because yeah. this is the one they've, um, they all see. But hey, maybe... Maybe this is the start mm-hmm. of us maybe diving into some of the others. Like maybe, usually... uh, maybe every pick. So I don't know if y'all know, we kind of rotate who picks the movies. Yeah. So maybe every time I get to pick a movie, I'll just pick another Monty Python oh movie. God. Well, That's we like, could do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but Ben, like, so, okay, you said you love this movie. Like, I don't know, why don't you just talk about it as a whole for a second? To me, the thing I like the most about it is, um, I, I kind of said earlier, it, it pokes fun at the fact that it's a movie. 
it, and it's constantly aware of its flaws not only aware but it immediately dives into them and leans <laughs> into that like the fact that it's low budget they lean into the fact that it's low budget um they there's <laughs> i just love the little the little jabs that they make like what i was saying earlier about the credits um they're like in swedish or something at first <laughs> and then all they the stop moves. and they're like oh uh those guys were fired um so the the rest of the credits are gonna feel a little different and then there's like lights flashing like <laughs> epileptic seizure it lights. no it got very so talking about llamas and... yeah uh, there's one i moment. mean these guys did live through the 60s sure sure <laughs> like i felt like and to, to kind of point at that before you go any further like that opening credit scene revealed to me as i started researching i'm like oh this makes sense how did they get their funding they were funded by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> they were funded by Pink Floyd. Yeah. They were funded by Elton John. These were the fun like they didn't have funding to make this and these rock bands actually funded them which shows me some of the drug-induced maybe influences of people that made this. Well, before they did this movie, before they did movies, they had a sketch show. Yeah, remember? I mean, obviously you don't remember. No, they did. Alive, but I mean, I'm he, reading about it. Right. So, um so that's probably how they got their fame and their uh, their funding was because people loved their comedy and if they're like hey we're making a movie you know i'm sure people were were like here here's some money <laughs> go make a great movie um but yeah i just i love the idea that they they're constantly making fun of the fact that it's a movie uh, they're constantly just cutting away to things or like well that, that makes a lot of sense because in just conversations about other things i think i've pointed out previous like outside of this podcast that i think you like very meta things uh I, Ben's favorite TV show is Community, which you know is very meta at times, and so that's that's interesting, and I I appreciate that as a you know observation of yours. Uh, I mean, that's just a preference. Um, you know what you what you find funny is what you find funny, but I I love it when films and TV shows are constantly aware of their flaws and just poke fun at it. Mm. Well, meta comes in different forms. I mean, sure. some movies have a meta theme that is honoring to Hollywood. It's trying to like help you see that. Some is critical. This is more of the snark and the cynical look of meta nature. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about some specific scenes. And to the point earlier of, you know, it wasn't exactly the most easy to follow thing. I don't necessarily care if uh, what we're doing is in chronological order but uh what again scenes do you want to talk about maybe we'll start with matthew i didn't know what to do from the very beginning when the men riding horses basically just had coconut shells making sounds like again i should have laughed y'all are laughing hard this is very funny to you i i like i think it just i get the confusion well the dumbness of it literally had to have a dumbing effect on my brain to eventually, by the end of the movie, I'm eventually laughing at the coconuts. Now, I also researched, just so you know, and because of their low budget, the decision to use the coconuts was because they could not afford horses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That actually makes me appreciate it way more. Yeah. I um, I, I think my favorite... Not my favorite, okay, but I, I think the one that resonates the most right now is Lancelot. Why? Uh, I, I just, that's where I just was completely won over. Like, this overzealous guy who, first off, gets an arrow that comes through the woods that sends him in to rescue this, who he thinks is some, you know, to rescue this princess who's about to be married to somebody. And he just goes on an absolute melee, like, just destroying what I think he killed eight people in the wedding party. He ended up killing the, the husband or the, the father of the bride. And just this like huge scene of ridiculousness, and then the father of the groom who doesn't want to get married, 
is just so enamored that Lancelot from you know the Knights of the Round Table is there. Like I don't know, it just won me over. There was a there was this whimsical nature of Lancelot who actually was then very apologetic of all of his mass murder that just took place. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. And I also just enjoyed at that point this movie to me, the way that it gets you is by taking the same joke and just beating it over and over and over again. Because it annoyed me from the opening scene y'all loved of where they're having this debate from the guy on top of the, you know, on top of the wall. And I'm just like, get over it, move on. But they own that because throughout the movie, they're like talking to each other throughout the scenes, like move on, move on. And like, eventually it got me. Like I'm laughing at it again. Another trope The consistency is eventually the consistency of people don't die that are supposed to die. I mean, it happens in from the very beginning of bring out your dead. I mean, like people just won't die. They're supposed to die. In, these film, in this film and eventually that became funny to me but at first it, I, I think this movie had to really wear on me but I think that just the whimsical nature of the Lancelot scene was probably where I really turned a corner yeah, that's interesting I and maybe it is the maybe that is why it's a cult classic and that people want to watch it over and over and over again is you have to like make that breakthrough and it, it takes a little bit of time to do that. Yeah, like you, you, they make you buy into their nonsense. Yeah, they're not going to stop it. Like you just have to be willing to buy into it. Oh, and I also love the uh, the people uh, the, the the knee the knee people. the knights who say knee the knights who say knee. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have a really <laughs> weird sense of humor, so I should love this movie. But like once you start getting me with gibberish, I'm sold. Like and then the, then that it was like the word that like plagued them I, that 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 really uh, oh sorry I, I just keep going like the, the the random knight in the woods whose arms just fell off <laughs> that's the best one that that guy's wonderful <laughs> that's probably the most quotable scene in the movie so many people quote mm. that like daily even now yeah can you give us the quote Ben the I mean I, I mean if it's so quotable yeah I mean they he says like uh. I'll bite your legs off. That's something. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Yeah, just a flesh just wound. A flesh That's wound. the one everybody says. They're just like, oh, it's just a flesh wound. I think someone gets a paper cut in the office. They say it's just a flesh. I wound. think it's just. Ah. I think that scene. It's just a flesh wound. Was my favorite crazy scene. Like, well, I mean, every scene's crazy. I mean, it's great. But like, you know, it, it, like you said, they used to do sketches. So essentially, yeah. each part is just a different sketch. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that this movie feels like a just sketch after sketch after sketch. Yeah. But the way it's put into <laughs> Matthew's laughing. I forgot why I laughed so hard at the last laugh part. It's when they see him coming, and, <laughs> and he's like running in place, and then it goes back to the guards, and then he's running in place, and like they just belabor it for like a whole minute of this guy not running in place, and then all of a sudden, one second, he's impaling a guy. I just thought oh, it's just so absurd. This movie is a classic. It's so Every absurd. Scene is just classic. You know what scene resonated with me was the Trojan bunny scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then. He said, you know, they go, they take the, the bunny inside. And, you know, it's a giant Trojan horse just made bunny like a bunny. And they're all sitting there over the hill watching it. And they're like, oh, yeah, they got it. They just took it in. And then Arthur goes, all right, what's the next step in the plan? And he's, the uh, the guy goes, he goes, well, me, Lancelot, brother. and uh, the other guy, at nightfall, we're going to jump out of it. And then you see Arthur's face just so disappointed because <laughs> clearly they're not inside the bunny because they're having a conversation there and then you know they launch the bunny and it oh, goes well, and... speaking of launch the bunny another uh repetitive thing uh let's the way to defend your castle is primarily <laughs> in this movie to throw objects off of it i mean let, like let's just let's continue that theme also learned that uh, apparently they uh that was a tipping of the hat to apparently there was an actual historical story to a castle that was so poor that what they had to do was they had to throw all their food at people and they actually 
they actually saved the day and protect their castle. And feces. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> well, that comes in at the end of the film when they get to the castle yeah. or one of the castles, which I think is a real castle. Probably. It's kind of cool. It's like an old historical thing, but they it's get a, there. The castle historically is known for feces. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, the the same like French people that they met earlier show up at the end at that same castle for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> and well, they're just like throwing their feces at him. So, Ben, let's hear. I think Matthew's talked about some of his favorite scenes. I've mentioned a couple of mine. What, what particular scenes do you take with you the most from this? Definitely like the Sir Lancelot one. Um, I love Sir Robin. Um, that's the most blatant example of what I'm about to say, which is, uh, that's the most blatant example of, um, the greatest thing in this movie is that that's a big statement. All the, uh, all the knights are not who they seem to be or who they portray themselves to be. Um, they're all intentionally the polar opposite of what they're supposed to be. Um, Sir Bedivere, the wise burns a woman for being a witch <laughs> and forgets to put people into the Trojan rabbit. Um, Sir Galahad gets tempted in like four minutes, you know, uh, was, Sir Galahad the pure. I, I would like to say that he endured temptation for a pretty long time. True to his credit. He did. He <laughs> almost made it all the way out. Yeah. He was almost was the chase. Uh-huh. I respected him. Until I didn't. <laughs> um, Sir Robin is uh, Sir Robin the Brave is cowardly. Uh, Sir Lancelot is uh, crazy. You know he's so good at swordsmanship, but he murders a bunch of innocent people in, on the way. Like yeah. everybody is the opposite of who they're supposed to be, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. It's the the parody nature of it. Do you think um, that that was intentional? Absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> no, obviously intentional. But I mean, you know me; I'm always trying to look at like a deeper meaning of what's happening. What's the message? I mean, is this movie just funny, or do you think they're intentionally trying to draw something out? No, there? there's definitely some postmodern commentary for sure. Let's talk about that first. Absolutely. Second. Yeah, like is this? I think a lot of times comedies really get a bad rap that their whole purpose is just to make you laugh, just to get a giggle out of you. That's the main purpose, but not the only one. All the time. I absolutely agree. Comedy's goal is to be comedic. But yeah. I think sometimes people miss that comedy is actually one of the greatest forms of communicating something. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if it's like a message or whatever, but I think a lot of it is uh, what people believe is, or what people perceive of themselves is different than what they actually are. Mm. And what, uh, what society deems normal is actually, in hindsight, can be kind of crazy. Um, that's kind of what I got from it. If you want to look for a deep message, which you don't have to, you can absolutely watch this movie and, and love just how absurd it is. Well, I think they carry that theme even through what a film is. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. like <laughs> what, what, what a movie is, what a filming process is, what Hollywood is, you know, like I, I, I think it's also pulling back the curtain a little bit, if you will. It's like Oz, like, okay, like it, this is not what you really think it is kind of thing. So I think, I think it takes that theme there as well. Your question was a, a sketch that I liked. Yeah. Um, God, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, the Knights Who Say Knee. I mean, ugh, man, I don't know if I could pick one that's like the best, to be honest, or one that I laughed at the most. Probably the rabbit. I think that's the one I laughed at the most. I, uh, I will never look at rabbits the same. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I also... Tim was right, I, man. Yeah, Tim's great. Tim. Tim. <laughs> I also love how like Sir Robin plays everybody. That yeah. actor, I forget his name, but he's 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 one of the main guys in the show. John Cleese but... is Tim. Yeah, yeah, obviously. 
So one of the things that this movie did that is fairly illogical, well, the whole movie is, but you know, one of the things <laughs> is uh, it did break the barrier on uh, police intervention, a modern day police intervention. Uh, I don't know. What did you What do you think about that? Did Again, that's just the movie provoking the fact that it's a movie. It's like it's just breaking down all the walls. The things that are supposed to happen don't happen, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just having so much fun with it. That's what I got from it. Unless there's a deeper meaning I missed. Did you appreciate uh, when it would go to like animated cartoon? Yeah, I love <laughs> I love how the animator f- suffered a fateful heart attack, and that's how they got away from the, <laughs> from the monster. <laughs> Yeah, like I love it. I didn't know what to make of so many things in the animation. <laughs> like when they randomly just pass like the forty-eyed monster. Yep. Yeah. What's up with that guy? It's a great question. Let me ask this. So this movie was uh, came out in nineteen seventy-five. So I think that would make it easily the oldest movie we've done so far. Easily holds up. Uh, so it, it holds up. So we've kind of answered this. So not to go in circles. So my my two questions related to that are. Why does it hold up? And if you were to compare it to a comedy, newer comedy, what comedy might that be? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, I mean, for me, just honestly, I I haven't seen all the other Monty Python movies. But for me, it, it to this day, it holds up because there's nothing else like it. Mm. Like, I think other things, I mean, maybe y'all can help me think about this. I've, I was trying to think about this driving today. Like, what? what other films have tried to follow suit of what Monty Python is? Like what, what is comedy today that's in similar vein? Is it like, you know, we've got, there's different types of comedy now. It's like the witty ones where it's talking so much. There's some of just absurdity. Like for the record, the other guys is my favorite recent comedy by far. I do love the other guys, but I mean, different movie though, but I do think that possibly for me, maybe it holds up because it hasn't been matched. I don't think the other guys is even in the same realm as Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> are you are you attributing it because of its absurdity? Uh, no, I just meant as far as a comedy that's recent that gets me, you know, dying laughing pretty easily. What do you think, Ben? Like, why, why does it hold up? I think it's like you said. There's just nothing else like it. Um, there are a lot of people that have tried, or a lot of people that have stated in interviews, and by people I mean uh, filmmakers and uh, TV show producers who have. Um, said in interviews that they drew a lot of inspiration from Monty Python-esque, which I think is actually a word now. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I don't think anything has really come close. There's been sketch shows that have been funny, but and maybe kind of close. Um, I know the creators of South Park like to attribute their inspiration from, South, from uh, Monty Python or the show, but I just I don't see it, honestly. I don't think it's nearly as good. Mm. <laughs> and I don't uh, yeah, to me, it's like there. It's like you said. There's just nothing really that comes close to oh, just how funny it is that's, consistently. That's why I think I might even like comedy so much more than just the sake of laughing, enjoying to laugh. Like laughing's fun, but it's just like it's not easy. And no, not at all. That's where this movie does just impress me, and where I think there's like I enjoy us talking about it and trying to dive into why why it was set this movie apart what made it this way and i think sometimes it might be easier to say with uh, other blockbusters not actually blockbusters but just you know you can you can attribute the story it's an amazing story you can attribute the effects it's an amazing effects but like this one's like it's just you simultaneously want to just look at back at it and be like this is so absurd how is it any good and also this is the best movie of all time <laughs> like you, 
Well, uh, best comedy of all time, I'll say. Whoa. But uh, it's not a stretch, Matthew. <laughs> oh, oh, Matthew seems to. What do you think's the best comedy of all time? I don't know. It's just that that's language. that's very hard for me. What comedy? No, the best. Yeah, he doesn't like to make decisions on that. I don't like. Well, it's it's difficult. It's difficult when you when you say this movie's the best movie. I it's understand. It's held in that regard, but yeah. there's so many different genres of comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, really. Yeah, I mean, you go back to like Billy Wilder days with like The Apartment, or you know, stuff like some, some, you know, some like it hot, or some of those things, or His Girl Friday and Sunset Boulevard. I mean, those aren't in the same vein of absurdity, but like there's some com- there's some comedies that are very, very highly regarded. Um, so obviously, you'll, you'll always find like this is the oldest movie that we've watched as a team, but like I'm looking forward to recommending older ones. And so some of my yeah. favorite, some of my favorite comedies. I mean, His Girl Friday is probably my favorite comedy of all time, um, but I mean, that's even older. Yeah. So, I, I, as we begin to wind down, I do have one question, and if <laughs> if there is not an answer, that is fine. We do not need to force an answer. But you know, we do all all work for a church. Is there anything from that avenue that you you want to draw out of this, or do we just want to say this is just so out there that there's nothing to be, uh, as from a church standpoint? Well, from a church standpoint, something I would like to laugh at is. PG used to mean something very different. <laughs> uh, I tend to show children. I, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and I tend uh, to show them a lot of PG movies. Uh, I uh, this is not PG. No, uh, no. It, not at all. It's very much of the thirteen nature. I mean, I watched it as a kid, though. I mean, there were there were things that went over my head as a kid. Oh, I'm glad it did. Like the the uh, the, you know, the Galahad scene definitely went over my head when I was a kid. <laughs> you know. I'm very glad it did. And Your parents raised you well. Yeah, yeah. Or did they watch this with you? I don't think I think I watched it with my like with my siblings. Makes me feel better. Yeah. I mean, so one that's somewhat of a joke is that I don't think it's a PG movie. Neither yeah. neither is Jaws. That was PG when it came out. <laughs> oh yes, the the, the 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 rating of movies has improved tremendously. I think I I don't know. Like from a faith faith based perspective. One of the things that I enjoy as a pastor in watching films is not necessarily just watching films that agree with my faith, but even watching films that critique my faith. Um, I would probably say, and I'd love y'all's thoughts, I, I don't know that this movie is necessarily saying the most positive things about faith. No. And so one of my questions then would be, okay, wh- what do you feel like their critique is? Hmm. Because I, I like films that critique Christian faith. Obviously, it's critique. I mean, if there's a faith being critiqued, it is it is Christian faith. So in what ways do you feel like they are even poking fun at it? Because I think Christians can learn from that. I, I think you can learn from how people outside the church view the church. Yeah. Uh, they do more in Life of Brian, but in this one, it seems like they were just taking small little jabs here and there. Um, I don't really know what the critique would be. Like, well, I mean, the, how about we talk about the image of God himself? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what first came to mind, but I'm not really sure what the idea is in, in the, like, if... If, because they're not saying that like in that one it was more like God isn't who you think he is. like that that comes back to what I was saying how like the knights aren't who they're supposed to be mm-hmm. and in this narrative sense God wasn't really who he was supposed to be either he was just well no he wasn't <laughs> if anything he was so he just seemed annoyed with well, he, the whole thing well he seemed a little nonsensical himself right right which I think could speak to you know I mean getting on a deeper level I mean yeah this is a movie just to be funny but it's also seemingly people trying to find a purpose and the purpose seems ridiculous right and i don't even know if that's almost like this is how we view life and it didn't seem like their view of god actually added much purpose to (laughs) so i mean i'm trying to remember who exactly sent them on the pursuit of the holy grail was it the god in the sky i'm trying to remember it was a 
angel, like a, another voice. But it was a it was a it was a, a divine a calling. Divine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, there's almost something to that. I'm pretty sure it was God. No, was it? Yeah. Because so, he was the the first like half of the movie is him just uh, is him just like getting his round table together. Yeah. And then they decide not to go to Camelot because it's a silly place. And then, um, and then I think that's when God appears and says, uh, and says, go find the Holy Grail. Well, I mean, I, I think that's, that's revealing in and of itself is that the godlike character basically sends them on a purposeless task yeah. of a task that is just completely random in nature that doesn't seem to have any clear guidance that doesn't have any clear support. And ultimately it's just like people running around chasing their tail. And I do wonder if that's how people view God is he made us, but it sure doesn't seem like it's heading in a direction of anything valuable or, you know, impact. Yeah. It was funny. Um, I actually had to watch a life of Brian, another Monty Python movie for one of my, uh, intro to Judaism classes in college. Uh, you took intro to Judaism at UNC. I did. Wow. It was a history course, not like a, uh, religion course, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it's, we're wrapping up. Any final thoughts, words, commentary to the listeners regarding this movie and what we think of it as trying to appreciate films more? I, I think to me it is a, as a newbie to the film, I would say anybody that watches this needs to commit to watching it twice. Hmm. Um, I think there's plenty of films like that. There are some films that are a one-watcher and there's some that literally you need to watch numerous times to really, one, understand the complexity sometimes, but sometimes it's just to appreciate the artistry of what's being put on screen. I think for me, what I appreciate most maybe about the film is after research, researching it, you know, the what they were able to do with the budget that they had, um, their innovativeness, um, and I just, I really appreciate their, now, now I do, appreciate the commitment to drive certain tropes over and over and over and over and over again. And to see that that can actually be an effective means to, to get an audience over to their side. So I, I appreciate that. Also, I'd like to say that I just thought of what my favorite scene is. And it's, it's too late, Ben. <laughs> no, no, no. It's towards the end where they get to the bridge. <laughs> And he goes, "Hey, there's that old man from scene 24." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, this is the whole setup and payoff thing that I like. How uh, like you were saying that same joke that they beat you over the head with. Uh, that's what Arthur uses. <laughs> he uses that same swallow carry a coconut joke to <laughs> to trick the the bridge troll into into dying <laughs> into being cast into internal peril. Also, herrings cannot cut down trees. <laughs> It's not a fair ask. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I clearly picked this movie. I clearly loved it. You know, it wasn't exactly the most innovative uh, original choice. I'll, I'll confess, admit no, that. No, 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 no. But huh. uh, I'll say it. I think it's good. I enjoy it, especially. I mean, you know, we can't talk about things in a vacuum. I just, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, I like movies that I can just escape into and just. Well, this escapes. Do. And this is, <laughs> and like, you know, as we're dealing with. COVID, as we're dealing with uh, politics, as we're dealing with, you know, holidays and whatever stressors might impact you as a result of that. Like, I just love the value and just like for it's a, it's and it's 92 minutes for 92 minutes. You can just escape into just that absurdity and not worry about everything else going on in the realm of absurdity. Not that we're going to make this choice right now, but I have, I have a confession. You mentioned the Christmas season. You mentioned uh, escaping absurdity, guys. I've never seen Christmas Vacation. 
Neither have I. <laughs> Colin's face. Colin right just now. tried to leave the room. He's holding. No, his I've chest. seen like half of it. It's just I do need to just sit down and watch it. It's probably a good thing that I don't have the next pick. <laughs> Speaking of that, Matthew, do you have do you have another pick or do you need to sit on it? Oh, I need to sit on it, Ben. All right, it's Matthew's turn. So it's he'll my pick turn. A, he'll pick uh, the next movie and we'll review it next time. Yeah, well, thank Hopefully y'all for uh, joining us again. If you have seen Monty Python before, go watch it again. It'll be better the next time. If you haven't. Uh, go watch it. Enjoy the absurdity. Enjoy the escape. And I'd encourage you to think deeper why it's funny because you know that's what this podcast is about is thinking deeper and even absurd movies like this we can get a little bit deeper into and trying to uh, look at. Also, this is called Watch Better Movies, but every now and then watch better TV shows. I, uh, Ben, I, I confess, just everybody out there, I have finally started watching Mr. Robot. Yay. I've never seen it. It's great. Awesome. So we meet again. See y'all next time. We can talk about that next time. (laughs) Never mind. See ya.